as a platform, Instagram has changed and evolved a lot over the years. And even some of the good advice that used to work years ago just doesn't cut it anymore. Welcome to Thriving Teacher Talk. I'm your host, Jillian Fernandez. I'm a former teacher from New York turned full-time mom and teacherpreneur on a mission to help you create a profitable and sustainable income selling your teaching resources or services. I'm here to make your life easier by giving you the best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts to grow your business, and most importantly, save you time and sanity. We all know the feeling you've been posting consistently, putting so much time and effort into your Instagram content, and then you pop into your Instagram insights to check your results and utter disappointment. Okay. Maybe it's not quite that dramatic, but I still think we can relate to that feeling. If you've ever felt like you're doing everything you possibly can following all the tips and advice and strategies and still not growing, trust me, you're not alone. Unfortunately, even if you're putting in all of the time and energy into growing your Instagram, you still might not see the results that you're looking for. If you're making one of these three mistakes that I'm going to talk to you about in today's episode, this is why you might not be growing on Instagram. Mistake number one is following hacks instead of humans. So there's a lot of bad Instagram advice out there. Trust me, I spend a lot of time, probably too much time on this side of the internet. Now, I'm not saying that this advice is being given intentionally to mislead people, but the thing is, as a platform, Instagram has changed and evolved a lot over the years. And even some of the good advice that used to work years ago just doesn't cut it anymore. Some of the most popular hacks that are going around never really that effective. They just sort of seemed like they should be. So they got shared around a lot because unfortunately, a lot of people share Instagram advice because they've just heard it before a lot of times. And then they're telling you about them rather than them actually having experienced it working, which is why it's good to follow people like me that share their insights and actually show you my method for experimenting and figuring out what works and what doesn't. Honestly, there could be a whole laundry list of cheap tricks and hacks that don't really work, but still get shared around in the community for some reason. So let's just run through a few of them rapid fire style. Okay. The first tip or hack that I've been seeing a lot lately is to share a full 10 slide carousel. Now I get the idea behind this. People are trying to make their carousels as long as possible because the idea is the more time people spend on your post, the more your post will be prioritized in the algorithm, right? I get that. But the way to do that is not by stretching your carousels out unnecessarily to 10 slides. You can make people spend more time on your post just by making them like legit interesting and engaging and helpful. The next one is using 30 hashtags every time. Now this is a controversial one. I know some people feel very strongly about using every hashtag that the app allows to them, but literally Instagram themselves have told us that five to six specific and unique hashtags is the way to go. Adding additional hashtags is not going to give you more distribution. Next is maintaining the perfect feed aesthetic. This is definitely like Instagram circa 2017, 2018, right? My philosophy now about your feed is that it should be on brand. The visuals should be generally consistent, meaning like having your brand colors, having brand fonts that you use all the time. But otherwise, think about your covers of your like posts for your reels or your posts in general as like thumbnails, especially when it comes to reels. 
else. Because if somebody finds you through the Reels Explore feed and then they come to your profile, you do want to make sure that your other Reels look enticing and interesting to them. So add text to your Reel covers to give a sense of what the Reel is about so people want to tap and watch more. But you don't have to spend time unnecessarily making everything perfectly aesthetic every single time. Finally, engaging 30 minutes before and after posting is advice that I myself gave many moons ago because it was supposed to help boost your engagement. Like if you went in to the app and started commenting back and forth with people, they would start seeing your username and potentially coming to your profile. And then therefore they would see your post when it went live. My philosophy around engagement now is a lot more organic. I think that you should set aside some time to reply to your comments and your DMs every single day. So that way you can stay in touch with your audience. Obviously, you want to have it be a two-way street. You can't just expect people to comment on your post, but then never actually reply back to them. However, I do not think that it is necessary to be as strict as doing it exactly 30 minutes before and after you make any post. I think you can just do it whenever works best for you. Overall, whether the hacks are new or old, they sort of seem to make sense, but overall they, they don't really matter. They don't, they're not really that effective. What we need to do instead of thinking about all of these quick tips and tricks that can help us optimize our platform for growth. Instead, we need to think about creating content for real people, content that real people really want to engage with, like just stuff that's legitimately interesting because at the end of the day, we're creating content for people not algorithms. So if you're making your carousel 10 slides long because you think the algorithm is going to like it, instead, try to ask yourself, will my ideal follower like this? Or will they be annoyed that I've stretched this content across so many damn slides? Think about what information or stories will connect with your audience most, and then spend time creating those to be as engaging and visually interesting as possible. If you spend your time focusing on that, rather than just trying to optimize what you've already got going on with hacks, you're going to see much better results. Okay, on to mistake number two, making content for you instead of your audience. Now, this is honestly a tough one because I really do believe that there needs to be a balance here. But while there's room in my Instagram philosophy for creativity and personal expression and making stuff because it makes you happy, I also think it's really important for you to go into content creation thinking about your audience and most of the time your audience first. Let me give you a specific example of this mistake that I see quite a lot. Teacher sellers who are looking to integrate content creation into their marketing strategy sometimes run into this mistake. If you spend too much time sharing about the behind the scenes, the story of how you became a teacher seller or teacherpreneur, tips and tricks for how you got into business, then you might accidentally be attracting your competition to your content rather than your customers. So for example, you might be creating math resources for your TPT store. So it might seem like a great avenue for content to share all the behind the scenes, like how you create your resources, design hacks in PowerPoint or Canva, time-saving strategies for your creation process. That's part of your story. And that might be the kind of stuff you feel excited to create as well. But by creating that, you're going to end up attracting an audience of people who are looking for business advice, not math resources. Or let's say you've created this course on classroom management. If you post all your course creation process, like how-tos on how you grew your email list, how you got started with your course platform, et cetera, you'll attract an audience of 
of aspiring course creators, not teachers who are looking for classroom management help. This is where it becomes really important to have a crystal clear idea of who your target audience is and what kind of content they might want to see from you. That's how you're going to determine your content pillars rather than just thinking about what kind of stuff you, you know, feel like sharing. To go back to the math resource creator example, instead of making your content about how to create your resources or design hacks in PowerPoint or Canva or time-saving strategies for your creation process, instead you can make your content about things like best printable and digital resources you've used in your classroom this year, or how to engage the most reluctant students in your class using your resources and mistakes that you've seen in the math classroom and how to fix them. These are the kinds of things that teachers who want to get their hands on the best math resources will seek out and find interesting or entertaining. It's all about finding the right balance between understanding what your audience wants to see and figuring out how you can plug in the kind of content you want to make that makes sense within that strategy. Right on to mistake number three. Mistake number three is comparing yourself to others. And I know I've discussed this before. I know this is much easier said than done, but it's so important. I just had this personal realization the other day that I was spending so much time scrolling and comparing other people's profiles and kind of like sulking instead of creating. Now, this is a big problem, and I think it's something that a lot of creators go through. Knowing what's going on in your industry is important, but it's good to have awareness and moderation. It's good to know like the general trends, see what your competition may be doing, or see what other people in your niche are doing. But if you're spending too much time doing this, you'll end up stuck in a rut of self-comparison and feeling bad about yourself, which does nothing for your forward progress. It's much better to focus your time and energy on your audience and engaging with them and getting a sense of how you can provide value to them. Instead of comparing yourself to your competition, talk to your audience, figure out what they want from you, how you can help them. Make sure there's alignment between what they're asking for and what your overall business goals are, and then create content for them. Sometimes the people you spend so much time thinking about and comparing yourself to, your audience may not even be aware of them. So what's the point in setting that benchmark or goal if that's not even something your followers are looking for anyway? They're following you for you. So figure out how you can be the best version of yourself and serve them the content that would be helpful for them. Once you overcome these three Instagram mistakes, you'll be ready to create content that will seriously help you grow. But to see the real results, you're going to want to make sure that you stay consistent. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Let me know in the comments what you're ready to focus on. If you're here on Apple Podcasts, you can actually leave a comment as a review. I would love to hear from you. Also, be sure to head over to our Facebook community, Thriving Teacher Tips, to keep the conversation going. If you loved this episode, be sure to subscribe so you can catch all new episodes. Please leave a review if something resonated or even just send me a DM. It means the world to me to hear from you. Thank you for letting me into your business and your life today. We are going to love growing together as you create a profitable and sustainable income, selling your teaching resources or services. I'm so honored to be here to make your life a little bit easier with the best advice, training, and mindset shifts to grow your business. And most importantly, save you time and sanity. And I'll see you in the next one.